dolphins and jags. What a drag! Hey, all you cool cats and dolphins. I'm Baxter Hill. This is my co-host, Casey Thompson. Okay. And this is the Surf and Artificial Turf Podcast. Casey, how was your week, buddy? <laughs> what the fuck was that? <laughs> you know, just trying something new out. <laughs> okay. Um, the week was good. The prior week was also good. A lot of stranger things going on in our house right now. We're very stranger things forward household right now. Uh, I'm here. And... I don't know. I don't. I don't know if there's anything more. I'm pretty happy Deshaun Watson's not on the Dolphins at this point. Yeah. <laughs> not a good look. Uh, but uh, yeah, nothing too exciting beside that that I can think of. How about you, buddy? No, uh, no Stranger Things here. Just uh, some Obi Wan. Sure. Yeah, we'll watch that. We watch that the night it comes on on Wednesday nights. Yeah. It's okay. Um, and there's a new Marvel show coming out, so we'll watch that too, back to back Wednesday nights. What's the what's the new Marvel show? Mrs. Marvel, I think. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. I did see that. Might miss that one. Uh it's the off season. Just hanging out. Just uh working, watching Obi Wan. Not much other than that. What you drinking? Big nose. That's the uh from Swamp Swamp Head here local. Ten out of ten. Nice. IPA. Um what's this one called? Powder Day IPA. Okay. Sierra Nevada, a uh, double dry hopped IPA. It's pretty good. Okay. It's pretty tasty. Also, my backup. Uh, this this episode, as we found out last week uh, offline, but after the episode that Casey and I both have a fondness for Papa Chico. <laughs> Hopefully, that future sponsor of the Surf and Artificial Turf Podcast. All right, we're here. We're doing it. Second uh, of of two in the series. We're doing our tour around the AFC minus Jacksonville in sixty four minutes, minus eight minutes. Are you ready to get this going? Do I need to run over the rules? Again? <laughs> I don't think so. There's three the rules are at stake. Every team will them. get a total of four minutes on the clock to be discussed. One of us will set the table with a few key adds and subtractions, followed by a discussion point or question for the other. We also get three timeouts for our tangent, team point, etc. that we want to talk longer on. So let's get this going. We are going to start with the AFC North. Common opponents are NFC South and AFC East. I will be getting us started with the Baltimore Ravens. Their free agency addition would be Marcus Williams, a safety for five years, 70 million. And in the draft, they drafted Kyle Hamilton, 14th overall, Tyler Linderbaum, 25th overall, David Jabo, 45th overall. Key subtraction would be Hollywood Brown via a trade. My question for you, my compatriot, after a season of bad luck injuries, Ravens all the way back and Super Bowl contenders? Uh, ooh, that's a tough one. So, I guess the question is, they haven't really made many improvements, right? They lost Hollywood Brown. 
but they're getting, you know, if Lamar is fully healthy mm-hmm. and J.K. Dobbins being back, it's probably enough to contend to the, for the division. It's going to be somewhat weaker, especially considering um, the Browns probably won't have a good quarterback this whole year. So, and the Steelers are obviously in a similar situation. Uh, And so it's really the Bengals and the Ravens. So there's a good shot that uh, they could pull that off. Um, I don't know if they'd be able to get a wild card, but they can definitely get a division title. And if you get a division title, you're a Super Bowl contender. So uh, Lamar is approaching, what is he? Is this his third or fourth year? This is his third year. Okay. I feel like that's not right. That's not right. This is his fourth year. His fourth. <laughs> because the first year he basically sat out the entire thing mm. until they were like, oh, wait, why are we starting Joe Flacco? Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. So, yeah, this is his fourth year. So, yeah, shit's going to start happening, right? So, I feel like the Ravens need to do something here. Uh, they have one year after this, but that's, you know, in the, today's NFL, it's the fifth year, really a fifth year. If the, the, the player's like, I ain't going to play for you mm. unless I get an extension. Uh, and then there's chat chatter of what happens there. Um, sure. And trading one, trading away Hollywood Brown is an interesting sign to trying to keep your quarterback happy. Um, so I do like Rashad Bateman. I do. I do like the. I do like him. I'm about Lamar of development. Sure, but I mean, Lamar didn't have any kind of like personal relationship with Hollywood Brown. He's oh, just a well, good he, football well, player on his team. Like, yeah, but he Rashad liked, Bateman I mean, plays well. I mean, I don't. I, I don't necessarily see that as like they're going to be gone, but I'm more so looking at it as like Rashad Bateman as, as a player can replace what Hollywood Brown was, was doing on the outside and the addition of another offensive lineman piece and a uh, generational talent at safety and being able to also still maintain a very good head coach. I feel like this is a team, obviously there's some other teams that I like more in the AFC uh, that we'll get to much, much later. But I definitely feel like uh, AFC North, uh, the Bengals kind of not necessarily got lucky, but had the advantage of the Ravens experiencing a huge amount of injuries last year. Uh, so it should be interesting to see Bengals versus Rams this year, or Ravens this year. Rams on the mind, yeah, huh? Rams on the mind. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah I, I agree with you. Yeah, so, yeah, right, your question was framed around this year. Yes, they're a Super Bowl contender this year. Mm. But the question is really what about after this year? Um, so, you know, I think that that's going to be interesting. to the Rams. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that, that, that's where it's going to get interesting. The, the Ravens mm-hmm. need to figure out what they want to do with him. Uh, really this off season coming up or sooner. Sure. Okay. Next up. As I get everything set up uh, once again, are the uh, Cleveland Ooh. Browns? Their key additions are Deshaun Watson via trade, Amari Cooper via trade. Uh, in the draft, their key additions were none, and their key subtractions were none. I don't really care about the Browns. I don't really care to <laughs> talk just a about statement? them. Yeah, Uh, it's really hard to talk about them at this point where we don't know what their quarterback situation is. 
potentially, as things seemingly are not getting any better, as more and more women are coming forward, uh, we might not know what their quarterback situation is for years to come. And uh, offline, you and I were discussing a team that were using their first-round picks wisely and building towards Super Bowl contender and getting proven veterans, and they won a Super Bowl because of the way they were using first-round picks in the Rams. And this team may have completely obliterated their team with this trade, potentially, mm. if Deshaun Watson never plays a snap for them, which is still a remote possibility, which is crazy if you trade that much capital for one guy. You, they, they might have done a very, very terrible job betting this guy because uh, I know they said they vetted him, but I, I don't know. Each yeah, you got to imagine that the betting was like, there aren't going to be any more coming out, right? And then he was like, yeah, no, no more. And now more has come out. I, I, it's, it's, not, it's not good. Uh, not good. Thoughts? Um, yeah, I'm kind of with you. Not really a question. <laughs> Yeah, I guess the question is, does Deshaun play this year? And if he doesn't, how big of a sunk cost is is what they what they've invested into a guy who could possibly be suspended for an entire season and, and maybe even longer? And how how much would that set their team back? Yeah, you're right. I mean, I don't. There's so much uncertainty still around him for how much they gave up. It's kind of foolish like not take out the morality aspect of it and just look at it in purely a return in your investment and you're seemingly like you're not even going to get one full year at least i got a question who is starting week one for this football team at quarterback quarterback i just don't see how it could be baker mayfield but that, why? How, if you're why him, would how, he do? Why that? would you sit out? Because why would you play for this team? Because your I contract won't run out unless you get a you get a certain amount of time. I guess he could come in at what week set? What there's a certain time, right? I mean, we, yeah, I remember discussing be, um, like, this came up with Le- Le'Veon Bell, where you have to come in at a certain point. So I guess my question mm-hmm. was week one, but I've seen Jacoby Brissett play. And so if you see them both playing in, in practice, obviously Baker is yeah. better. Uh, and so mm-hmm. what are the Browns doing? It's not like they're trying to lose because their first-round pick is gone. And so this year is complete sunk cost. Baker, if you're Baker, don't you want to try to improve your status so you can get a contract? That's my only yeah. thought process. If you sit out the year or you know at least the first six weeks, um, that might hurt your signability uh which at this point is low yeah i so just don't know what thought. playing like what baker mayfield's already proven what he is as a player i don't think what well, he, he was hurt last year player is the thing that's he was hurt last year yeah, and, and he, he had samari cooper this year so if i'm him i'm like okay i got a great wide receiver i, I i've improved okay, that wide maybe. receiver I, mean, um, I guess he can look at it healthy. that way so let me try to run back 2020 I would be looking at it in a way of, I would never want to help this franchise ever again. Well, now I have a time more to say, but we're, we're moving on. <laughs> Do you want a timeout? <laughs> Do you want to use a timeout? Oh, timeout. Yeah, timeout, timeout, timeout. Uh, you're killing me. This is actually, sorry, I forgot, I forgot, I forgot what the timeouts, even though it's Roy on our second team, I somehow I forgot the rules. Um, yeah, I just, the Baker thing on your last point, though, I want to kind of go on a little bit more because... 
it's it's not really helping the Browns. In fact, if anything, it's hurting the Browns because whatever draft capital they have left is going to get worse and worse, like their second and third round. I don't remember what picks they have next year. And what does it matter if the Browns, you know, if he wastes, if he doesn't play this year, if he wastes another year of his prime, you know, in your Baker Mayfield, I I think you would put back the hatred of this franchise compared to I need to make some money. I need a, I need a team to go well, to. He's no one wants me right regardless. now. Uh, well, yes. Again, we he would have to start. At, he would have to come to the team at week six, mm-hmm. and then what? If the if the if the team is like you're playing, pull a Jalen Ramsey. No. My back hurts. I can't play. Yeah, I'm injured. Yeah, I, I mean, would the, I would make as much oh. money as I possibly could from the Browns and not play. That's what I would do if I were Baker Mayfield. Oh, after I what I would just play. did to him, I would I be like, yeah. no, see, like I don't care. Him. It's like whatever, one more year. But I'm gonna prove myself this year that they made it mistake. I mean, you maybe know, it's like, he's it's like, like that. making your ex jealous. Um, I've never had one, but I hear that's what you do. <laughs> I've had plenty, and I would not do that. Um, and uh, but um, yeah, I, I just I don't know if I'm him. I, I just want to have more opportunities next yeah, year. Yeah, I would not be. I would not be interested in helping this franchise win a single football game ever again if I was Baker Mayfield. I would do everything but I possibly that's, could to make that's sure what's that worse. It's like you're being you're being spiteful. Hurting well, your own career to be spiteful. Yeah, but you're hurting your own your own career because you're not playing this year. I mean, I'm I'm gonna show up, but I'm not gonna play. That's what I mean. I mean, Deshaun no Watson did the right same now. thing last year, and no one wants. He, he got traded for multiple yeah. first round picks. Obviously, a little bit different. All right, we we gotta move on. How long are how long are timeouts? <laughs> uh, time back in. Okay. Next team, R is. The Pittsburgh Steelers. Key additions on free agency. Mitchell Trubisky for two years, 14.25 million. Kenny Pickett drafted 20th overall. George Pickens drafted 53rd overall. Key subtractions, Ben Roethlisberger, retired. Juju, Stefan Tuitt, retired. My question to you is, if Kenny Pickett doesn't beat out Mitchell Trubisky week one, is Mike Tomlin's streak of never having a losing season in danger? Man, I thought that last year. Yeah. I just I can't see it's it's funny. Big Ben was so bad last year. I think Mitchell Trubisky's an upgrade over Big Ben from last year. Yeah, that's basically what my question gets to. I agree. So they haven't lost enough for me to think that they're going to lose more games this year. The only thing that's against them is the Ravens being healthy mm-hmm. and the rest of the AFC improving. Right. Uh, but themselves, I think, you know, I think they are improving at the most important position. Uh, if they throw Trubisky out there, now Pickett, I don't know. But again, I'm going to trust Tomlin. If he's starting Pickett, then obviously he's better than Trubisky. And I think overall, I still think that that's better than what Big Ben produced last year. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I don't know that wide receiving core. Add George Pickens, you know Najee Harris. I think put on some weight, yeah, uh, some muscle weight, <laughs> and yeah. uh, I it, it, I don't. It's still a good team. It has good players, and I. It's kind of like prove me your, you know, 
prove that you won't win 500. You go, you won't go 500 before I actually believe that you're actually going to go 500 or below. Yeah, I agree. I think, I think the the Steelers with Tomlin is going to definitely be a perennial team that is above 500. I don't know how much that they're going to be like uh, this season, a team that's like up at the cream of the crop. Obviously the AFC, we both think is a superior, uh, the superior conference, uh, especially this season. So I don't know how much that the Steelers are going to be up at the top there, but I do think that they're going to be competitive in every game because that's just what the Pittsburgh Steelers do. Yeah, they still have they still have a good defense, and mm. they can rely on the run game. Their offensive line still has questions, and mm. but again, they won games last year, right? And they just have that um, advantage. Je ne sais quoi. Yeah, <laughs> that's what they and, have. It, it's again, it's tough to bet against them um, when they made the playoffs last year, which is just crazy to me. Even with the, you know, obviously there's been a huge influx of talent in the AFC, but it was still pretty talented last year. The Chargers didn't make it, the Dolphins didn't make it, the Colts didn't make it, the Pittsburgh Steelers made it. And that's just mind boggling to me yeah. when you look at their team. Uh, so if they're healthy with a bottom five quarterback. They made they made the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, so if they're 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 healthy, and you know, who who knows what happens with their uh, picks? But you know, we don't think Pickett's going to be anything. But yeah, George. Pickett. I, I definitely the way that I frame this question, I do believe that Mitchell Trubisky will beat out Kenny Pickett. And the problem with Kenny Pickett is that he was touted as this guy who had this this high floor and was going to be able to start immediately but i don't i don't necessarily think he's better than mitchell trubisky i think he that's the kind of player he would want to be in the nfl Uh oh missed it there for a second casey i'm sorry i failed you miserably there all right moving on to our final team in the afc north and it is the Cincinnati Bengals. Their key additions are free eight and free agency. Lael Collins, offensive tackle, three years, 30 million. Alex Kappa, offensive guard, four years, 40 million. In the draft, they drafted Daxton Hill, 30th overall. Key subtraction, CJ Uzama, a tight end. That's it. This is your team. Let me ask you this. Okay. If you had to rank the teams based on uh, favorites for the Super Bowl in the AFC, where would you have the Bengals? One, two, three, four, five, six. Give me a number. Quick as you can. Two, somewhere two in that, somewhere in that, they're a playoff team. I think that they have at least the best to second best chance to win this division. So I put them somewhere between four to six. And would you agree that they significantly improved their weakest position group in the offensive yes. line? Mm -hmm. Isn't it crazy that they're not the favorites after they made it to the Super Bowl last year mm. and they went through Tennessee and Kansas City, mm. plus they beat the Raiders, yep. and they were very close to winning the Super Bowl, and they improved at the one position group on offense that they were, they were weak on. But you're saying four through six, and I agree with you. Mm -hmm. How is it 
that they improve so much at their weakest position group, but are still not close to being the favorite in the AFC. I think I think it's consistency, right? Like some of these other teams that we're looking at, that they've been in the playoffs consistently year over year over the last couple of years. If Patrick Mahomes is playing the Bengals, you know, ten times, I would I I would say that I would bet that the Chiefs come out on top of that, you know, a majority of times. Probably same for the Bills. If if they had played the Bills over the Chiefs, I think that that game probably would have been a little bit different. Um, but yeah, I I understand your point, and it's just for me, it's just the consistency and. As much as I like Joe Burrow, I like Joe Burrow a lot. There are things that he can't do as a quarterback that those other guys can. Yeah, the AFC is just going to be a bitch. Uh, right. And they're going to be beating up on each other. So, uh, Yeah, and I, I understand that, but they're still not the favorites. Like we are, We're both like, oh, the Bills are the favorite, right? Yeah. Um, and they added Von Miller, and that's basically it. And they didn't even beat the Chiefs. They lost in the divisional round. You know, the Chief, the, mm-hmm. the Bengals made it all the way to Super Bowl. It's just, it's just, it, it's crazy to me. And there, I would say though, there's a chance that they fool us, right? And they dominate mm-hmm. the AFC, uh, and they show what they showed in that second half. I mean, really, it was, the, it was the whole season. They started off good too. It's not like they had a bad start or anything like that. Um, and their playoff run, I think Burrow showed one thing that he has, and that is um, he is clutch in yeah. uh, the most important of moments. You know, they were down to Kansas City, uh, and he came back and won that game in the second half. And their, you know, their defense made improvements too, which yeah. um, I do still question their secondary a little bit, especially outside corner because. I think that that is probably their position uh, that is an issue, but no team's going to be perfect. Yeah. It's just um, they can be a team that can potentially this year make it into the Bills and Cheese level of shootout potential. Mm -hmm. Moving on, we are now to the AFC South. Common opponents for this season are NFC East and AFC West. I will be getting us started here with the Houston Texans. Their key additions are in free agency, none. They've drafted Derek Stingley, Jr., third overall, Kenyon Green, 15th overall, John Mechie, third, 45th overall, key subtractions. Deshaun Watson via trade, Justin Reed. My question to you on the Houston Texans is there anything? and in parentheses I have here, realistic, that Davis Mills can do to keep his job, or is he a lame duck QB? Oh, uh, no, he can definitely keep his job. I think that what we saw from Davis Mills last year, if he, if he improves on that, it will make a very difficult decision for the Texans, not only because, you know, potentially they won't have the draft picks to make a high first round selection and so they will be mm-hmm. picking at a place where they have to get the third or fourth or fifth best quarterback in this next year's class and so then you have to really question whether or not it's davis mills better or worse than those guys but i mean 
again, for what he did last year with that team that surrounded him is pretty crazy if you think about it, um, based on the complete lack of talent. And, I mean, it's hard to commit to another quarterback. Now, I, I do think that they have – I'm trying to think. I think they have two first-round picks next year. Mm-hmm. And is obviously one of them is Cleveland. Yep, and one of them is them. So I guess with the Cleveland pick, potentially that could be pretty high. Uh, if if Deshaun's not playing the whole year, uh, so I guess I guess that would be where they could leverage up for a better quarterback. Mm-hmm. But but again, if he goes, I don't know, seven and ten, not outside the realm of possibility for the Houston Texans. Do you move on from him? Yeah, I am curious because like what you're saying, like if they end up going seven and 10, somewhere in that range, right? Like a losing record, but competitive in a lot of games and he's not losing them a whole bunch of games. I am curious about guys who aren't picked in the first round. Like there's, there was that big statistic about how many, you know, non first round quarterbacks there are, and there are not a lot. So I am interested if it's you know, a matter of teams, look at that and see he's a third round player just think automatically he's limited and I also as much as the Texans have kind of gone away from kind of being the villain of the NFL with Deshaun Watson leaving there and just kind of like overall kind of bad vibe isn't necessarily there right now I still do feel like Lovey Smith is going to get fired at the end of the season like what happened with their coaching staff situation I feel like he'll be gone after this year even if they would go 7 and 10 um, I, he, they did not want to hire him as their. They were literally trying to hire McCown to be their coach, and then I they were finally that, like, right, if, I will hire Lovey Smith. If you go and fire two black coaches after one year for each of them, two yeah. years in a row, and hire a young white guy, that's not a good look. <laughs> they might not hire a young white guy, but I don't think that Josh McCown was their first, second, third, fourth, or even fifth choice. So if they don't have a winning season, I could definitely see them firing him. I would be kind of surprised. Interesting. I would I would say that the, I almost put it at no no chance that they fire him. They give him oh. at least two years. And I love this music there. Huh? What? What'd you say? Waiting for the music. Oh yeah. You know it's a little hard to keep up with. Everything over here. There's a lot of moving tabs. All right. So you have the Colts, Casey. Their key additions in free agency was Matt Ryan via trade, Yannick Ngakwe via trade, Alec Pierce, 53rd overall, key subtractions, Carson Wentz via trade, and Rakusen. I love that name, Rakusen. What a name. Are they wasting the years of their young players by yes. employing this quarterback strategy? Yes. All right, on to the tight. Moving on. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I I mean, I I guess, like, I feel like they have a chance to be a good team, and they have a chance to be the number one, to not be the number one seed, but to be the the first place team in this division. Obviously, it's uh, a lower tier of the AFC. Uh, 
And I think the Colts definitely have an opportunity to, to win the division this year, which I guess if you win the division and you go on to win some playoff games, you're not necessarily wasting your talent. But yeah, I do feel like they went so far the other direction after moving on from Andrew Luck, where they invested in this quarterback and then didn't do a lot to invest in around him and just won games off of his back that they they swung the pendulum so far to the other way where they're like, we're going to build a, a really good team and then we'll figure out quarterback. And it's been a weird strategy. Yeah, I, I don't get it. And, you know, Matt Ryan maybe provides you two years max. Matt Ryan can put it anywhere. And, you know, then what? Do you move on to another veteran quarterback? I mean, how, how many times can you do it? And I understand you think you can win the division. I agree that they definitely can win this division because of how weak it is. But that can only last for so long, right? Hypothetically, these other teams are going to start getting better. Um, the Titans... Not really being the case there, but I'm mostly talking about the Texans and Jags. And then, do you really think you have a chance in the playoffs? With I understand that they'll win the division, but I mean, we're talking: will they? At, can they at all compete with for three or four games in a row? The Bills, the Chiefs, the Bengals, the mm-hmm. you know all these teams. Obviously, the Dolphins. All I, these teams. I do think that Matt Ryan's advantage there over. Carson Wentz says he's been there and he's done it before. Like he's made it to a Super Bowl. Wentz made it. He won a Super Bowl. He won there. He, <laughs> he was play. back. He was injured. Yeah, he was injured. He had crutches. <laughs> he was there though. He experienced it. He he was like, present. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I'm not saying that he can do that. I'm just saying that 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 is the difference between. I mean, not the only difference, but a big difference between Wentz and, and Ryan. It, yeah, well, I mean, it's really tough for me to compare Ryan and Wentz. I think those are my two most maligned quarterbacks, you know, yeah. for, personally. But um, so I don't think they've made a step forward in that regard. Uh, and so, you know, definitely taking a step back in the wide receiver room. So, I don't know. It, it, it's it's interesting. I'm they have Jonathan Taylor. I'm mm-hmm. afraid that they're going to waste all. It's almost like, you know, we always talk about wasting the quarterback's rookie deal. But in this case, it might be wasting Jonathan Taylor's a running rookie, back's rookie deal. Yeah, rookie that's deal. interesting. And his rookie years. I mean, really, running backs falter, falter so quickly that, you know, this is it. And hmm. can you ride on the back of Jonathan Taylor for years to come? Next up is the Tennessee Titans. Their key additions are Robert Woods via trade, Harold Landry, outside linebacker, five years, $87.5 million. In the draft, they drafted Traylon Burks, 18th overall, Roger McCrary, 35th overall. Key subtractions, none. My question to you, is this Tannehill's final season? Did you say the key subtractions for the Tennessee Titans was none? Let me talk to you about a certain wide receiver they lost. Oh, my bad. You're right. <laughs> AJ Brown. Key subtraction. Your trade. A bit of a key Whoops. subtraction. What was your question? I'm sorry. I got distracted by is that. Is Tannehill, is this Tannehill's final season? No. 
unless he's is this his last year of his deal? I don't actually know what his contract situation is, but yes. Oh, it is. Oh, well, that's interesting. Um, you talk some more about whether or not this is Tanner. Yeah. Well, well, yeah. So yeah. they don't really have a great backup plan in place. I know you really like Malik Willis, but he was selected in what the third or fourth backup. round or whatever. So is he? Starting material, I, I don't know. Um, is he a starting quarterback in the NFL? I don't know. Could they maybe ride him out for one year, say like next year, and then go for a quarterback in the 2024 draft? Maybe. So that might be the path. If the Titans, for some reason, don't do well this year, um, well, for some reason, they lost A.J. Brown, right? Um, but let's say they miss the playoffs because they don't win the division and you're not going to get a wild card. Uh, 2023... <laughs> He, so he is under contract for 2023 with a cap hit of $36.6 million. But his dead cap is only half of that. So they could save around $18 million if they moved on from Ryan Tannehill next year. And do what? Tank? Unless they really, th- unless Malik Willis. Play Malik Willis. Um, unless unless they were like, let's give Malik Willis a year, mm-hmm. and then if he's bad, we can go for um, a quarterback in 2024, which is right. fine. Uh, I just don't know. But then, are you wasting <laughs> Derrick Henry's prime? <laughs> it's very similar. Um, you know, he's a guy that could potentially carry you on a play run because he's mm-hmm. such a dominant running back. He could just go on a tear. God forbid they load management the guy and don't use him as much. But unfortunately. Uh, he kind of has to carry the team when their wide receivers last year went down. And now Robert Woods is out for whoever knows, you know, however long they have a rookie as the other wide receiver. So what is that offense without Derrick Henry? I, I think Tannehill is very close and quite possibly underneath that prime meridian of quarterbacks where I would be trying to improve upon him. And I think I, I personally, obviously I'm a believer in Malik and I do think that there's a chance that the Colts win this division and the Titans don't and they don't make the playoffs and they try to look and see how they can make this team better. Ryan Tannehill or Baker Mayfield? I pro- I'd probably, with everything considered, I'd probably choose Ryan Tannehill. But just because I am very put off by Baker Mayfield's personality. And if he can't, if if his teammates don't like him, I'm not interested in having that player on my team. It's not so much. I would rather if if you're just talking about play, I'd probably take Baker Mayfield. Yeah, I I probably agree. But with it's you. close. The only the only difference is Baker's a little bit younger. But if you're getting Baker, you're probably only doing it for a year. Okay. Um. So, um, I agree with you. Let's hear that sweet sweet music play. <laughs> Next up is the AFC East. Common opponents, NFC North and AFC North. Up first is the New York Football Jets. Key additions, Lakin Tomlinson, offensive guard, three years, 40 million. DJ Reed, cornerback, three years, 33 million. Sauce Gardner picked in the draft, fourth overall. Garrett Wilson, 10th overall. Jermaine Johnson, 26th overall. Brees Hall, 36th overall. Key subtractions, Morgan Moses, Jamison Crowder, Foley, Fatukasi, and Marcus May. Is this Zach Wilson's last year? <laughs> no. 
Is that, no. a, is that, is that your actual question? Yeah. No, I don't think so. I think, I think you give a player like that who has, especially a player who has these tools, this ability, he can throw the ball deep. He is athletic. You know, I, I don't want to compare everybody to Josh Allen, but you could get better as a quarterback. You can improve, especially over those first three years. I would imagine if you're drafting a quarterback, unless he's Josh Rosen, you're probably not moving on within the first three years of, of their career. All right. I also think that they're, the team that they've built around him is going to be good enough to prop the Jets up to being kind of like what we were talking about with the Texans. Like, I do not anticipate the Texans winning seven games, but I could see the Jets being a team that wins five, six games. What if the Jets go two and 15? I mean, if that were to be the reason that it happened and Zach Wilson was the reason, right? Like if, you know, he's out there and he's just making mistake after mistake after mistake, then yeah, maybe, but that's just not, I don't foresee that as something that's going to be happening. I think that they're going to be a team that looks to run the ball first and play with a lot of play action and make easy reads for him and trying to help him improve and develop as a quarterback over, over the next two to three years. Yeah. Um, boy, they better hope that Zach Wilson works. Um, mm-hmm. Because yeah, obviously the, the, the second overall pick that's, that's a big, a large amount of capital, even though it's one pick. Facing mm-hmm. that that spot, that's a lot. Um, I think only thing worse would be spending one on a guy that shows that he can't sack a quarterback. But I think that showing two, <laughs> I like, well, I, I just boy, I I do I have think, huge concerns about him. I do think yes. I mean, he was my pick to be the quarterback most likely to bust in the in last year's draft. Um, but I I do think that none of the first round quarterbacks separated themselves last year from the pack. It does kind of give, not necessarily that that excuses one quarterback or the other, but it does kind of give them all a little bit more of a leeway to be like, you know what, maybe, maybe these guys weren't as good as either we thought they were, or they went to these teams that were are in such bad need uh, of getting better that we're going to have to give them a little bit more time, which is something that I could see with the Jets. You invest that second overall pick. You saw some stuff that you liked from Zach Wilson. You saw some stuff you didn't like, and you hope he gets better. He does look bigger, which is good. He does not look so much like a 12-year-old boy currently. Maybe like 15. Oh, good. Um, Well, I hope Brees Hall is good this year because he's going to be my first overall (laughs) pick in our dynasty draft. Mm. Next up, as I talk over this phone that's literally right next to my face, next up is the New England Patriots. Key additions in free agency, none. Key additions in the draft, none. (laughs) Key subtractions, J.C. Jackson and Shaq Mason via trade. My question slash comment to you. Never want to count out the Pats or Bill Belichick. 
But as Vince Lombardi once said, what the hell is going on out here? Yeah, I don't... It's hard to foresee a plan here. And we talk all the time about building around your quarterback on a rookie deal. See if he has what it takes, you know? Thornton is not that guy to to build around. And they just didn't do anything else. You know, really all their splashes, I guess, were contained to last year. Um, so it's another year of Mac Jones with this with these players to see if he can make a jump. The problem is you lost the guy that called your offense. And I guess now Matt Patricia is going to be the guy that's going to call your offense. Uh, big yikes. Uh, yeah, another what the hell is going on out here? <laughs> that's not what you want to see. Um, so... I don't. I don't know. It's good to see as a Dolphins fan, uh, you know, but I can't foresee them being that. You know, they had a winning record this year, sure, but they played. I think one of the easiest schedules, yeah. and they won against the easy opponent opponents, and that's what Bill Belichick does. Like he wins against the bad teams, but the problem is. When you have a bad team, you know, you're not going to win against the bad teams because you're not good enough to win against them. And that's where they're at, I think, this year. They finished second in the division last year, so they're going to face a lot of good teams. And again, in the AFC, which is a strong conference. And the Dolphins improved, and obviously the Bills improved. And not to mention, you know, we swept them last year, and the only time they built, beat the Bills was in that ridiculous snow game. Mm-hmm. It's it's going to be a tough year, and I think we'll really see if Mac Jones has it or not. It's just, or was it kind of the scheme and the way that McDaniel's was able to? I, I, I mean, I know a lot of Patriots fans, and I, I follow a few on Twitter, and they were blaming McDaniel's for a lot of things. So I'm going to find wild. it quite interesting how things proceed on offense this year New England yeah I definitely I definitely foresee uh again I'm I don't want to count out Bill Belichick I do think that he's a very good coach especially as a game to game changing and and playing into his strengths versus the other team's weaknesses but I'm I meant to do this before the podcast but I did not I was not able to do it um I was going to bring up the Bills, which is the next team's coaching staff page, and have you guess how many coaches they had versus how many coaches the uh, the Patriots have. But let me just tell you, there is no offensive coordinator and there is no defensive coordinator for the New England Patriots on their coaching staff page. It's Bill Belichick, and then the next coach is a running backs coach. And, you know, there were a lot offensive of assistants. There were a lot of conversations on the Locked On podcast with the Dolphins about how the Bills built around Josh Allen mm-hmm. with a group of coaches. Right. And when you have a rookie quarterback or a young quarterback, you need a group of guys. It's not going to work with just one guy. Um, and you don't have guys there that have experience with uh, developing quarterbacks. Uh, the only one you have there is Belichick, and we don't know really if it was him or if it was the quarterback that he developed. Last but not least, you have the Buffalo Bills. Last but not least, in the AFC East. 
You have the Buffalo Bills. <laughs> Their key additions are free agency, Vaughn Miller, outside linebacker, six years, $120 million. They drafted Kyir Elam, 23rd overall, James Cook, 63rd overall. Key subtractions, none. Do you find it at all significant for the Bills that they lost Brian Dable? So this is a conversation that you and I actually had about um, teams hiring defensive coaches who have a good offensive coordinator who moves on and is that bad for a, a player? It was a, We were talking about it a lot with the Jags coaching search. And I, I do think that, you know, your, your play caller, you're going to go through a little bit of growing pains with that, but I, you, you keep the system intact by promoting a guy up who is already within the system. He's running the same system. And for as much as people talk about everything that got put around Josh Allen, I think not enough is made about how hard of a worker Josh Allen is and how good he wants to be. Yes, everything around him was built to develop and help him, but he was the person who was using that, utilizing that plan and becoming better year after year. So I do think that there will be, you know, some hiccups, I guess would probably be the right way to put it in, in the play calling you know, some things that Josh and and Brian probably had gone over the years and been able to kind of like feel each other out, know what works, know what doesn't work in specific situations. But I don't think it's going to be significant. Yeah, I agree. I just, you know, we've had this, we've had this conversation we offline. Uh, yeah. No, we had this conversation offline and I agree. Um, it's always something that we would see um, or you more often would see on, on Twitter because you like to look at all those replies. Like, uh-huh. oh, if you have a good offensive coordinator, he's just going to leave, you know. Well, that, it's it's what Jaguars today talks about. Not even not even Twitter. They're like, don't hire a defensive-minded head coach because you're going to lose your offensive coordinator. And it's it just, just a, it's such a, a ridiculous philosophy. Yeah. Um, and uh, I, I, you know, I agree with what you said, and I think that's the point that we've arrived at every time that comes up. It's if you have the system there, I think that's the most important thing, and right. um, I think that you can trust in. Not to mention, I mean, the the head coach. It's not like they don't even know how offense operates, <laughs> right? And the system is proprietary to the Bills. It's not like Brian Dable pick collected all of the playbooks and was like Buffalo Bills, you can't use these anymore. And let, he didn't get to take them with him, but it's the Buffalo Bills playbook. Yeah, and I think McDermott's been around long enough with that offense that he would he understands how it works. Mm-hmm. You know, he can start to understand what's going to be called next, and you know how to adapt to certain things. And it's not like he's not learning um, how what worked best for that for that offense in these years that have happened with Josh Allen and with Brian Dable. So. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't see that as a huge loss, and I don't think many people really do in terms of it going to actually hurt the Bills. Yeah, Obviously, I we both think that. Um, oh, really? I have not heard a lot of that. Oh, either. okay. That is going to say hurt, wow. hurt the Bills. Um, you know, we both think that they're going to be favorites in the AFC, and um, for good yep. reason, uh, because yep. 
they are they are just a powerhouse both on offense and defense. I almost dropped my phone. <laughs> Up to the final division. I just want to remind you that we still have two remaining timeouts. <laughs> we are here at the AFC West. Common opponents, <laughs> NFC West and AFC South. Up first, the Denver Broncos. Key additions in free agency, Russell Wilson via trade, Randy Gregory, defensive end, five years, 70 million. In the draft, they drafted Nick Benito, 64th overall. Key subtractions. Drew Locke, Noah Fant, and Shelby Harris, all via the Russell Wilson trade. Timeout. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> I put my phone down. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> it's like I was running down the sideline trying to get the ref to yeah. stop the clock, and a good 20 seconds runs off the clock. Um, so. I don't. I guess rank your bottom five quarterbacks that you hate the most based on personalities. You gotta do this <laughs> to me right now. Does this include Deshaun Watson? Yep. Every okay, so Watson active the active thirty. Watson two. one. Rogers two. There's a big gap between one and two. I just I just <laughs> want to be clear. <laughs> Number one is like way up here. The rest of these guys, I just kind of like their personality kind of grates on me. The other guys are like a serial rapist. So <laughs> he'll, he'll be on a tier all on his own. And then we'll move on. Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Russell Wilson. I'm not four right now. Uh, Phil Rivers isn't in the NFL anymore. <laughs> But someone close to Phil Rivers would be in my top five huh? in personality. Huh? Baker Mayfield. <laughs> that wasn't him. <laughs> That's a good choice, though. Um, I, I'm having a hard time. I said Russell Wilson. Who is W? Say it. Carson Wentz. Uh, oh, my God. I, stop it. His personality doesn't bother me. It apparently bothers his teammates, but his personality doesn't bother me personally. It bothers me. I think Russell Wilson is a cornball, and I think Aaron Rodgers is a douchebag. I don't think either of those things about Carson Wentz. I think his teammates don't like him, which is an issue. I'm trying to think of a of a of a fifth guy. Not well, Brady. I'm not a huge fan of Brady's personality, but. Um, no, I, I've actually grown to like Brady's personality based on his Twitter presence. It is what it is. I don't think that's him. You don't think that's him? No, I don't I think, I think he's got a team him. of people who operate I, his Twitter. Well, the, he has a team of people, but his jokes and stuff like that that come out, I feel like they also come out in things like the match, right? Um, you see it on the golf, and like it's just, I think that that's obviously him. There's no one like him. He doesn't have an like, earbud. Yeah. <laughs> He's got somebody in his ear telling him jokes. I think he's doesn't necessarily have a, a great personality. I'm trying to think. You really kind of put me on the spot here. Um, I guess Carson wins because I can't really think of another guy that immediately comes to my mind. But Rodgers and Wilson, I, I don't like. Like, I vehemently don't like. And Watson. I guess Watson's this on a whole other level. Ro- Wa- yeah, Watson's on a whole other level. 
Derek Carr takes it really personally and blocks a lot of people on Twitter who say negative oh, things about him. That really? seems kind of soft. Yeah. <laughs> um, but he doesn't personally bother me. He's kind of whatever. Time back in. <laughs> oh, goodness. Time back in. Are the Broncos a actual threat in the AFC? So, I think they, uh, of this division, are the most likely to be the fourth place team. So, no, I don't think that they are. I think that they have a, I think that they have a pretty strong team. I think that they're going to be a good team for you to invest in in fantasy. But do I think that they're going to be a a team that is in the playoffs? No, I do not. Yeah, and I agree with you. And so it's interesting because if you're if you're the Broncos, and you know you traded a good amount for Russell Wilson, it wasn't substantial. Mm. You have Russell Wilson under contract for two years. And then it'll be a Ram. <laughs> that's, that's not as great as you think it would be. Uh, <clears throat> you know, I, I, I have I have some huge concerns that Russell Wilson's gonna be a quick deteriorator in terms of talent. Um, and I think we'll see that with, with Denver. Um, and my point is really if I'm Denver, I'm not extending Russell Wilson right now even though I spend that much on him, mm-hmm. I would want to at least see one year. Sure. One year where I he agree. can show me that he can be to the caliber of he was, you know, he was uh, prior to last year. And that last year was a fluke because I have serious concerns that 33 year old Russell Wilson is more like last year going forward than any year prior to that. And I also think I, that I, he was, lifted up the couple years before that by his superb wide receiving core and right relying a lot on the run game. Now they can do that here. For me, it's the newness, right? Like I, I don't think a lot of teams with a brand new quarterback coming into a team that's never played with those players before and a new coach coming into a team who's never coached those players before in arguably the toughest division and football is a mix in which you're going to be successful first year. I don't think it has anything necessarily to do with Russell Wilson's ability or why can't I think of their coach's name or um, Nathaniel Hackett's ability to coach. I think it's just, you're, you're putting two things together. That's going to take some time to gel in games in the hardest division in football. Yeah, I, I just, I don't know. I, I, I um, this it's a it's a big range for me of where the Broncos can 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 go this year. I feel like in record, mm. um, and I just don't have a lot of faith in them. Um, you know, I I still think that they have holes on defense, um, and I I think that an losing Fangio is going to be a big hit to the defense as well. Yeah, sure, um, and also, uh. Watson, Rogers, <laughs> Wilson, Wentz, Kirk Cousins. 
Oh, thank you so much. He nailed it. <laughs> Kirk Cousins. Yeah, he's definitely the fifth. Up next. Man. You got the you got the you got the best team. Uh are is the Los Angeles Chargers, key additions, Khalil Mack via Trey JC Jackson, cornerback, five years, eighty two and a half million. In the draft, they drafted Zion Johnson, 17th overall. Key subtractions, Uchenna Nuosu. Not really a key subtraction. I just like saying the name. Okay. You're starting a new team. These are the two quarterbacks available. Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow. Who you pick? Herbert. Why? Herbert. Um, what I was saying about Burrow that there are things that he can't do that some of the other quarterbacks in the AFC can. The one of the there's there's three people that come to mind: Mahomes, Allen, and Tuatungabula. Oh, sorry, <laughs> no, that's not the third one. And Justin Herbert. I think the things that you saw Justin Herbert do when I do my uh, way too early predictions for season awards your dark horse bet to bet for this year will be justin herbert for mvp yeah i guess i i have to look to see i mean I don't, is that really dark horse i don't know i'll have to i'll have to look to see um i think that that team made a substantial improvement last year to this year and they can make another substantial improvement and really you know, some of the time it's really just like the record. Um, mm-hmm. you, if you have a quarterback of a team that goes fourteen to one to win the MVP, yeah, but where is that like on the list? Like, how do you know how far down he is? Continue and with what you're talking about. The, the the problem, what I haven't seen yet, really is kind of what from what I've seen from Burrow is that clutch and that clutch gene, if you would. Um, you know, I think what Burrow showed last year in the playoffs just kind of puts him an edge above Herbert. Um, I know Herbert has more. I just don't agree that game. Talent. That game against the Raiders, at the end of that game, that drive that he had to get them back tied and then to drive them back down the field to score, that was clutch. Yeah, but Burrow did it time and time again in the playoffs. Uh, yeah, he just had more opportunities within the playoffs. And, I mean, I don't know. It's it's. I'm not faulting Herbert here, um, but he has talent around him. So, you know, I, I, some of these games, I, I just I, I want to see more. I'm hoping that um, he can develop a little bit more and that we can see more from him, but he should, you know, this team, I think, is at a point where it should be able to compete in the shootouts that the Chiefs and Bills um, compete in, right? And on the offensive side. And with that strong defense, I just expect big things. So I feel like if they don't perform this so year... Herbert, Herbert is... It'll be a question. Fifth. Yeah, so it's not that dark horse. Yeah, it's not that dark horse. <laughs> you know who is a dark horse? Tua Tungabailoa. <laughs> He's probably not even on this list. I think Jameis Winston is ahead of Tua. That's some slander. Um, 
Yeah, put him on the top ten of <laughs> quarterbacks. <laughs> uh, crab legs himself. We didn't talk about enough about this team, and I love them very much. Time out. Time out. Uh, yeah, man. I I feel like the end of the season, Staley got too much flack for going for it, uh, and then um, not playing for the tie against the Raiders. I think what he did was was the correct thing. I think it ended up not being properly managed, but I think going for the win was was the correct thing. I think too many people were too negative on that. They did what a lot of a lot of us uh, football nerds wanted to see. They were very analytics forward. They trusted their offense, which clearly their team loved. They loved their coach. They loved playing for him because he will let them stay out there and will let them win football games instead of taking out a kicker and punting it. Um, I just, I, I love this team, Casey. I, I love them so very much. I love their coach. I love their quarterback. I love their I vibe. would say one thing, which is, you know, there's been a lot of praise for Herbert's arm strength. Mm-hmm. And uh, I also love Staley, and I love the way he speaks, and he speaks very intelligently about the game. Mike McDaniel recently spoke about arm strength in that arm strength can be very important to a player that takes longer to process what is happening in front of them. Hmm. And the reason why arm strength can be less important, less important to a, a quarterback to be successful is if that quarterback can process a field quicker and know where he wants to throw it quicker that the arm strength isn't as valuable. And my point is what I'm 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 curious is if he relies too much on on his arm strength and we we praise him for his arm strength, it might be the fact that he's not processing quick enough the field and the routes and the coverage that it's actually a weakness. There is actually a weakness there. And I, I just feel like that team last year should have been a bit better. And I don't know what exactly to point to. I think it, I think it was offense. overall the first and second down play calling, I think was the issue for me personally, from watching a lot of the chargers games. I, I hear what you're saying, but I do think he processes pretty quickly. He's, he's good at getting through his reads and, he does rely on his arm strength, but a lot of the times when he relies on his arm strength, it ends up in 70-yard bombs, 30-yard out routes that no other quarterback can can fit into a window that he did. It, I, I think it's more so the play calling, and I think that's going to something that will get ironed out here over the, the, the year. Time back in. Team over. So the penultimate team for today will be the Raiders. Their key additions in free agency was Devontae Adams via trade, Chandler Jones, outside linebacker three years, 51 million. And then the draft, none. Key subtractions, Yannick Ngakwe via trade. My question for you is, is the addition of Devontae Adams enough to take this team higher? Or has the past five years of bad drafting been their undoing? 
Yeah, it's. I think it's the latter. We still have significant concerns at different position groups here, including one of the more important ones on offense, which is your offensive line. And Jacobs is not getting any younger, and he is often injured, as he was last year. Um, I understand they made the playoffs last year, but you, it's just, there's just something about this team, and it really comes back to the quarterback, that I, I just haven't seen enough to think that this team can go that next step further. And I do think they still have holes, not only on the offensive line, but on defense. Um, and yes, it's unfortunately because of the drafting. And is a superstar wide receiver going to help you? Obviously, yes. Mm-hmm. But it, I'm just curious how far that can take you when, you know, your quarterback is just not, hasn't shown enough to where Top he can tier. be. That top tier, that top tier quarterback, uh, to yeah. to take you that next level. Yeah, it's interesting. I don't think enough has been made of in this offseason that they drafted. They had three first round draft picks four years ago, and they declined the fifth year option of every single one of them this offseason. That's bad. Yeah, and to I, not I, even it's pick up the come, fifth year it's option keep for happening for years to come. Yeah, it. Their monumental, colossal failure of drafting over the last five years it could be some of the worst drafting that has we've ever seen. It's bad, and it's going to cause them some issues. And I do think Devontae Adams is a huge addition for them. I think outside wide receiver is probably the second most important position on your offensive side of the ball behind quarterback. And then it comes to offensive line, which obviously we both agree that their offensive line is woeful. Um, It's below average at best. And it's a team a lot like what Devontae Adams just came from, where I feel like their team that's positioned where they can get into the playoffs. But what are they going to do once they get there? I mean, I, I... And I would say it's a little bit worse. It's a little bit worse at quarterback. It's a little bit worse at running back. Yeah, Um, it's a little worse everywhere. I would agree with that. So, and uh, obviously offensive line. And you're in a tougher division. And you're in a tougher conference. Uh, So, I don't know. I mean, and you have a lot of money invested now in Carr and Adams. So, you better hope this duo can carry you. The distance because it's got to make up for a lot of these picks that you've missed. So now you have to, you know, um, I don't, I don't remember exactly what the trade was for Adams, but do they have a first next year or do they trade two? I don't, I can't remember. Um, I don't, I don't remember either. But I got too much going on over here. <laughs> so <laughs> to look up a trade right now. But you know, they didn't, they don't have that much draft, right? They, they didn't add much besides Adams. Um, and so. It's concerning in, in, in that scope of things. I don't know. It's concerning. Yeah, it's concerning. I'm concerned. <laughs> Final <laughs> team is the Kansas City Chiefs. Key additions. Justin Reed, three years, $31.5 million. Juju, I guess. And in the draft, they drafted Trent McDuffie, 21st overall. George Karloftis, 30th overall. Sky Moore, 54th overall. Key subtractions. 
Tyreek Hill via trade. I got that wide receiver there, Casey. And Charvarius Ward. Did they do enough replenishing their team to keep up with the rest of the top of the AFC? Yes. Because they still have Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we'll be back. Uh, they still have Patrick Mahomes. I think that he can elevate the wide receiver play. Um, and so, obviously, Tyreek has something that none of these guys can replace. However, mm-hmm. um, I think that Mahomes' play uh, is enough to where that offense is still going to be one of the best in the league. And their defense is still decent. So, yeah, I mean, look, they're, to me, they're still the second best team in the AFC until another team proves otherwise. Uh, I, I still have Bills and the Chiefs. Follow-up question. Do you prescribe to the Ewing theory? Yes. So you do believe that it's possible that the, the Chiefs could be better because they're not running their whole entire offense? Well, I guess the, the problem is, is that be more so be the, the, Patrick yeah, Ewing the problem the is that Tyreek Hill is not necessarily Patrick Ewing. I guess the Patrick Ewing would be Mahomes. Um, well, it know. would be it would be Kelsey, but yeah, but their yeah. wide receiver pass catching core. Yeah, uh, yeah, I get that. So, but yes, I I I I subscribe to the theory, but don't agree that Tyreek Hill is at in this in this circumstance. Um, <clears throat> He still so is. anyone that doesn't know the Patrick Ewing theory is that the Knicks got better after Patrick Ewing left because their entire team flowed through him. So it was easier to defend because all you had to do is defend one guy. But when that one guy's gone, the other guys were elevated as a team because they were playing more as a team instead of just flowing through one person. Yeah. I know, basketball. And, yeah, right. <laughs> um, <clears throat> well... I believe it was the year that he got injured, but, um, but yeah, I I think, um, for for this situation, Tyreek Hill is not that, uh, so it is going to be detrimental to the team, right? Uh, okay. I do think that it, it, they will miss that guy. I mean, they don't have anyone that can put up two hundred and twenty yards in a game, which is what Tyreek Hill was doing. Um, a few times a season. Unless they absolutely nailed Sky Moore, but yeah, yeah that seems unlikely. Um, but they can get 80 from Juju and 80 from Sky Moore and, I don't know, 40 from whoever else they, they signed. And get close, to, get close to that. Um, I just don't know. I think it'll be... I don't know how. I mean, Kelsey's getting older too, so I mean, we're we're talking. You can't have much longer. You got to hope that these other guys are hitting because your window with these two are are closing pretty quickly. Um, and then Mahomes is basically going to just have to move on to the next receiving core. Uh, it's going to be completely different. Now Mahomes has has that generational talent where he'll be fine, but yep. um, obviously Hill and Kelsey were two of the best of all time in in their respective positions. All right, we did it. We've successfully navigated through the NFC and AFC in two episodes. We will be back in two-ish weeks 
with our deep dive on the Jags and the Dolphins. Don't forget to rate and subscribe on Apple Podcasts for us if you'd be so kind. You can find and follow us at Surf and Artificial Turf, all one word on Twitter. You can also email us at the same thing, surfandartificialturf at gmail.com. Thanks for joining us, and we'll talk to you all next week on the Surf and Artificial Turf podcast. Thank you.